Welcome to The Way the World Works, where the trusted team behind the Tuttle Twins books tackles current events, hot topics, and fun ideas to help your family find clarity in a world full of confusion. Hey, Brittany. Hi, Connor. You know, our listeners, a lot of them are younger and maybe some teenagers too. And, you know, I think when you're that age, you often don't realize a difference that someone at that age can make in the world, even even at a younger age. I don't think there's any age limit uh, at which someone, you know, you must be 18 before making an impact <laughs> on other people's lives. Like there's no law about that. There, there's nothing like that, right? And so today I wanted to talk with you and our listeners about a story, about a true story, about a group of young people who were led by this brother and sister duo who stood up to tyranny, uh, no matter how you know frightening it may have been. And I, I get very moved by this story because it's so impactful, especially because of how young they were. And you know, we haven't really on this podcast gotten too deep into the history of World War II yet. And uh, but there's an episode we'll be doing soon. And you know, most most kids have at least heard about Adolf Hitler and you know the horrors committed uh, you know in Nazi Germany during World War II. And, you know, anyone who dared to stand up to this regime, which is another word for, you know, government, typically like a bad government, uh, anyone who stood up was silenced, uh, literally sent to death camps or just outright executed. And, you know, imagine living under that type of government every single day, especially as a young person when that's kind of all you know. I think of it today. I mean, this is by no means as a comparison, but just as a point of reference, I think of my kids where, you know, we've gone on let's see, they're uh, almost 12 and 10. And they've each gone on maybe four or five trips flying on a plane. And I was thinking the other day, they have never known what it's been like to fly without the TSA, you know, without having to be padded down and searched through our bags and go, and, and, and you just don't know. And so I feel like, you know, growing up in, in that environment in World War II, especially in Germany, uh, you know, the, the kids, especially just that, that was how it was. And, and that was kind of the the world, you know, that you were used to. And I think it becomes much harder to speak out, though, when you know the result is going to be great hardship and, and potentially the loss of your life. I mean, imagine like, well, well I want to live, so I'm just going to be quiet, go about my way, hope this passes quickly, just deal with it. And of course, that's what 99.99999% of people did. But there were exceptions, and we're going to talk about a couple, couple of them. Uh, today, you know, most people just aren't brave enough to risk all that. And, and frankly, I don't blame them. I wonder sometimes if I would be brave enough, you know, you like, you'd like to say like, yeah, I, I would be the one to stand up, but I think that's what makes, and tell me if I'm saying their names wrong. I always forget. Is it Scholl? It's Scholl, isn't yeah, it? So, uh, yeah. I, I didn't mention that. So we're going to be talking today about Sophie and Hans Scholl. Yes. That's right. And they're the brother and sister duo. And they are just so amazing and courageous because again, like I would like to believe that I would be the person, you know, standing up and saying, no, I'm, you know, this is, this is wrong, but I'm much older than they were. And, you know, this young brother and sister duo were, were in college, I believe it was at like the height of the Nazi regime. So this is when things are, are really heating up. People are trying to realize how much their, you know, country has changed. Right. And a lot of people were horrified with what was going on in their country, but they were scared to speak out. And, and, you know, they saw what happened when others tried to speak out. And I think that probably made them even more so want to just stay quiet. And we talked in other episodes about, you know, how American colonists use pamphlets to spread their ideas, which is one of my favorite parts about the founding of this country. 
but the Shoals kind of did kind of did their own like modern, more modern pamphlet. Obviously it was the forties, wasn't modern, but so they had this group they called the White Rose and they kind of did the same thing. They printed pamphlets and flyers and they were listing all of like Hitler's actions that were clearly terrible. And so his government was called the Third Reich. That's what they called it. So they do a lot of speaking out against the Third Reich and they had some other students join them. And and can you imagine like having to admit what you were doing? I always kind of wonder that, like, how did they get people to join them without being like, all right, have fun with that. Like, yeah, right. So that's crazy. Well, what was the recruiting uh, speech like, right? Yeah, that's what I want to know. Um, so, they, <laughs> so they used to go like in the middle of the night, they would just walk the streets and put pamphlets in mailboxes. Um, sometimes even like, you know how there's pickpockets? They were like the opposite of a pickpocket. They, were, they were, like would stick flyers in people's pocket without them noticing. A so, push pocket. <laughs> yeah, push pockets. So, I mean, this is some bravery that whew, I don't know if I could do it. Bravery and 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 passion. Uh, you know, they were extremely passionate. They they were raised by parents who you know were like minded and wanted to stand up for truth. And you know, they believed Sophie and Hans that if they could teach the German people, their people, about what the Nazis were doing, that they could help change the course of history. And you know, the 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 male members of the White Rose knew all too well what the Nazis were doing. Since men were forced into military service, they saw it you know firsthand, and they wanted to put a stop to it. And they called their pamphlets, you know, the White Rose, or sometimes the Leaflets of Resistance. I like that. And, and leaflet, uh, you know, it's like pamphlet, a leaflet. And uh, and so one night, uh, the boys in the group uh, spray painted the school's wall with, you know, some graffiti with some anti-Hitler messages. Now, this was a huge risk, of course, right? Getting caught speaking out against Hitler. This was essentially a death sentence. But they did this anyways because they felt like they could not sit by and watch their country submit and, and give in to evil. And uh, and there's this saying, Brittany, I know you're familiar with yes. it, this Latin saying, uh, I'm going to butcher it, because you know, <laughs> I, I don't speak Latin fluently, but it's tu ne sede males sed contra audentatorito, something like that. But Better what, than I could have done. <laughs> <laughs> what, it, what it means is, do not give in to evil, but, but proceed boldly against it. I'm going to say that again. Do not give into evil, but proceed boldly against it. And, and that's, I feel like that is what Sophie and Hans did. And, and so in white paint on the side of this building, they wrote, down with Hitler, mass murderer Hitler, freedom, all exclamation points at the end. Down with Hitler, mass murderer Hitler, freedom. And, and so when the teachers and the students arrive the next day, as you can imagine, right, they see these words written, all over campus. And, uh, and, you know, Sophie later remarked, she said once, we fight with our words. That, that's, how, that's how she saw their effort, that it was not a war of bombs and planes and guns and things like that. This was a war of words, a war of ideas. And I think that's why this, is, this story is so impactful for me is because it's very relatable. It, we live in very different conditions yes. and thankfully <laughs> so, you know. But we have a similar war of ideas. Mm -hmm. And if we don't recognize that there is this war of ideas, that there are people out there who want to hurt your mind, they want to control you, they want to teach you bad ideas that allow them to have power over you. And if we don't, like, like imagine if you're in the middle of, of the, this battleground in World War II and you have no idea, uh, you know, maybe you're deaf and mute and blind, right? And you're just <laughs> walking into this battlefield. Well, you're going to probably get shot and killed because you don't know you're in the middle of a battlefield. And I feel like it's that way, too, with us today, where if you don't know that you're in the middle of this 
this is a big word and I'll explain it, an ideological battlefield, ideological, like it's like ideas, right? It's, it, it just means a, a battle of ideas. If you don't know that you're in this battle over ideas, then you're probably going to be a casualty of war. You're probably going to have, you know, uh, you're, you're going to be affected negatively by these people. They're going to be able to, to win over you because you don't know that you need to put your shield up right? That you need to defend yourself. And so that's how I think about um, when when Sophie says, you know, we fight with our words. It very much for her was this battle that they were trying to win. You know, and I feel like you and I as writers, obviously, again, very different conditions than they were. But, you know, that's kind of how I feel my weapon is as a writer. Like my weapon, that's my words. But again, much different situation. I'm not comparing myself to Sophie at all. But one thing, so fun fact about my life, uh, the last or one year in college, my last year before I dropped out, I studied Nazi propaganda because I wanted to know how they did this, right? How they managed to basically take over an entire country. And we've talked about Edward Bernays before in an earlier episode, and that all kind of ties together. But so one reason I wanted to bring that up is these pamphlets were really shocking for a lot of Germans, because there's this misconception that like all the German people knew what Hitler was doing, that, you know, he, they knew about the Jewish people being sent away to these camps and the horrific things that were happening at these camps. But they didn't. A lot of them didn't know. They knew that the Jewish people were being sent somewhere. They didn't necessarily know where. And it's not like today where we have the internet and we have Twitter and we have a, you know, a camera in our pocket at all times. So Hitler was implementing something terrible called the final solution. He was trying to exterminate or kill pretty much every Jewish person, not just Jewish people, anybody who wasn't you know, I'm quote unquote pure blood German. It reminds me of Harry Potter. What do they call? I, I can't remember what they call them, but mudbloods are like the Jewish people, right? They're the ones, yeah, they try to send away. So, I mean, I can't even imagine fearing for my life because of an ethnicity I didn't even choose to be, to be born, something you can't change. Um, so that's, so undermensch was the word they used to describe anyone that wasn't like pure German. They were unfit for society. So people knew Hitler was not obviously quiet about what he was doing, but a lot of people did not know the extent. You know, they knew that that their Jewish neighbors were being moved into ghettos is what they called these terrible like cities, I guess, or little like areas of the streets uh, blocked off where they were living in horrific situations and eventually the camps. So a lot of people didn't know exactly what was happening until the White Rose, uh, you know, this order of the White Rose is kind of what I call them. But I don't know if they called themselves the order, but I like it. It sounds dramatic. <laughs> um, but Sophie said once, what we wrote and said it, uh, is also believed by many others. They just don't dare express themselves as we did. So her brother Hans agreed and he said, it's high time that Christians made up their minds to do something. What are we going to show in the way of resistance when all this terror is over? We will be standing standing empty-handed. We will have no answer when we are asked, what did you do about it? And that just always just gets me because, again, if we don't know what's going to happen in the future, you know, what are you going to say if if you stood by and watched atrocities and terrible things happen? And another thing they did, which was kind of, you you didn't question the German military, right? They were supposed to be the elite. And they had one pamphlet that just flat out said, Hitler cannot win this war. He's only going to prolong it. And that was pretty shocking. Well, and I mean, yeah, that's very bold to say directly when you know that, you know, these pamphlets are going to find their way into the hands of the authorities, right? I mean, they're, they're going to find out uh, what's being written and what's being said. And, you know, at one point, actually, the government was, was worried about this. They, they were tightly controlling propaganda, of course, and, and prohibiting it. They didn't want any of these opposite narratives getting out that would 
you know, almost like this, they saw it as like this disease, this, this intellectual virus that it would be contagious, right? And we got to shut this virus down before anyone else believes that or thinks that because, you know, we, we want them to think that we're winning and we're great. Uh, and so at one point, the Gestapo, which was the secret police, you know, they, they really were focusing on finding out who was responsible for distributing these pamphlets. They placed spies all over the place trying to get information and figure out who is distributing these pamphlets because again i mean we're in the middle of like you know covid and have been for a while and we must do everything we can to you know contact tracing and find out who's spreading it and and that's how the nazis kind of treated these pamphlets like this intellectual virus this this virus of ideas that they they were scared about and they wanted to shut down because they saw these pamphlets as a threat to their power so you know one morning hans and, and sophie They brought, I think it was like 2,000 pamphlets to their school, just this big stack of papers. And they're placing them all over this this university, going up the stairs and dropping them in front of classrooms at the the foot of the door, you know, and all the other students, they're in class. So Hans and Sophie were thinking, well, we have less of a chance of, of, you know, being caught because everyone's in the classroom right now. But as Sophie, she, she let this stack of pamphlets fly from the second story of the school. Uh, kind of push them off the edge, hope, you know, wind and air kind of catch them and distribute them more widely all over the place. Well, she was seen by a janitor. And and so that led to both this brother and sister being arrested. They were caught. They were interrogated. And, uh, you know, initially they denied their role. Think of this as pleading not guilty, right? If you're accused of a crime, it's it's usually the best practice to just yeah. say <laughs> guilty. You make, you make the government try and prove their case and come up with evidence. So they initially denied their role in this, but then they realized that they weren't going to get out of this and, and they admitted to what they had done. And, and so three members of the White Rose were arrested. They refused to rat out any of their friends. You know, they knew that they had to sacrifice themselves in order to save others and expose the truth. And Sophie, she once wrote, how can we expect righteousness to prevail when there is hardly anyone willing to give himself up individually for a righteous cause. Ugh, all these quotes are just, I know, so like I get goosebumps. It was but, so young to say that too. Right? Oh, oh my goodness. So these, so three of the students ended up, three of the members of the White Rose had to stand trial in the Germans people court, People's Court, which was basically a rigged game. You were not going to win in that court. And uh, this part always gets me too. In the movie, they show this. The siblings were clutching each other's hands as they awaited the verdict and both of them were condemned to death. And when uh, Sophie was brought to the execution chamber, her last words were, God, you are my refuge into eternity. And moments later, Hans followed her. And with his last breath, and, breath, and this one really gets me, uh, it, the last thing he said was, long live freedom. Mm. You know, as sad as the story is, I feel like at least their deaths were not in vain. In fact, one one prison guard even said they bore themselves with marvelous bravery. Wow. And, and thanks to the Shoals and other members of, of this White Rose group, many people were, were now informed of the truth. Uh, could have been and, and would have been many more, of course, but they made an impact. They, they, they spread this intellectual virus. <laughs> and, you know, perhaps others were inspired to spread the truth. We just don't know what those stories are, if any. And I feel like, you know, we all like to believe that if something as horrible as the Holocaust happened in America, we would be like the Shoals, right? Sophie and Hans, we would stand up, you know, but but standing up to a great evil like the Nazis is not as easy as it might sound. And and sometimes you may even lose your life, but because of their great sacrifice, you know, we can remember them today 
example of bravery they set for all of us. Such a powerful story. Uh, for the older kids uh, and the adults, there's a great film uh, reenactment. And so parents, uh, you'll want to maybe preview this first. A deeply powerful uh, recreation of these events. It's called uh, Sophie Scholl, The Final Days, I, I believe. Uh, we'll link to that on the show notes page as well as some uh, other uh, resources, the Wikipedia page and others about Sophie Scholl, the White Rose Society. This is a story worth learning more about. Of course, you can do that in the Tuttle Twins Guide to Courageous Heroes, where we feature this story. A bit more information that you guys can dig into there. So head to tuttletwins.com products if you want to go find those guidebooks and grab that if you haven't yet already. tuttletwins.com podcast. If you'd like to check out the show notes page for today, learn a little bit more about this very impactful, very inspiring story. Uh, great conversation, Brittany. Until next time, we'll talk to you later. Talk to you later. You've been listening to The Way the World Works. Make sure your family is subscribed and check out TuttleTwins.com for more awesome content.